Hallelujah. I want to talk about something very important here. Today, I want to talk about apostasy in the church. The reason I'm teaching about apostasy is because it's a very important phenomenon today in the church. And listen, precious people. So, I am now describing how now to battle apostasy, but I want to walk into the characterization of apostasy. We have to characterize it. Hallelujah? Yes, we have to characterize it. There's a very important point I want to say here now as you're coming with me. As characterization of apostasy, to characterize. The falling away from true faith causes the following. In church. The falling away from true faith causes the following in church. We are now characterizing it. A. A splinter faith to be formed. A splinter faith. Meaning a breakaway faith. B. A splinter teaching. Meaning a breakaway teaching to be formed in the church. C. A splinter growth to emerge grows rapidly. From the same, a branch now emerges that is counterfeit. And D, it then pollutes all the aspects of Christian salvation as we know it. It then pollutes all the aspects of Christian salvation as we know it. Which means once there is that splinter faith formed, and then now you have a splinter teaching, and then all of a sudden now a splinter growth, then what it does now, it just pollutes everything about Christian salvation. The dressing, the eating, the talking, the phone calls, the movie, nini, what, everything, the life of salvation now is polluted. Do you see the scheme of the devil? How does it pollute? What does it pollute? It does pollute, number one, salvation. Number two, worship. Number three, prayer, or prayer life if you want. Even prayer. It pollutes even prayer, which is the most important portal that God ever created for us to communicate with Him. That deception. So it pollutes prayer. That's the way it does. And many other ways. Even prayer life. It pollutes dressings. The dressing in church. It pollutes fasting. Pollutes the eating behavior of Christians. Pollutes the drinking habits of Christians. So they test a little wine here and there. I'm a Christian, but I'm still drinking beer. I'm still drinking wine. I'm with my colleagues. I drank something. It pollutes the word. Pollutes the preaching. Pollutes their companionship. Marafikizawa here Become polluted now. They now have that type of friends. And then... Ultimately, Satan is fully accomplished in the church. When all these things are polluted, ultimately Satan is fully accomplished in the life of the believer. Have you seen how he plans to knock out the church? Using apostasy. And when that happens... Then a complete falling away from Christianity now takes place. Not just the faith, Christianity now. Now you find people who are subscribing to now another religion, another way of worship also. You name it. 
and number 13 he says then the apostates those people who are involved in apostasy they essentially become clandestine atheists in the church hey <laughs> he says that those people who are apostate who are now apostate they eventually become undercover atheists in the church undercover concealed atheists now you are sitting with them in the church but we have a group who are atheists they don't believe in god wewe kumbe when you submit to apostasy you really worship another because our god cannot pollute the blood of jesus never because there is not another sacrifice only one if we pollute it what shall we have the blood of jesus cannot be polluted that's why those who try to pollute it look at the tragedy kumbe the design of the devil is to build forth a congregation of atheists in the church from this day on you'll fear apostasy you yourself as a pastor and you'll give your life to fighting it all the days of your life yeah. how does apostasy access the church so my title is accessing the church or entry point of entry or entering the church accessing the church that's my title the bible states that apostasy gains access to the church in ways that are the following the bible says that apostasy gains access to the church in the following ways number 1 never ever in ways that are obvious so under number 1 how he accesses then a never ever overt meaning covert meaning never ever obvious hallelujah hey what shocks me is how daring that's why you see everything is about a daring way to rebel a daring way to defy daring there the word is open and daring open rebellion then he says be never easily ways that are easy that you can see and shut down meaning in ways that are not detectable never ever detectable number c he gains access by creeping in Do you know the way a snake creeps into the house? It normally comes at the door where the door and the frame open. Then it enters that part and then when it enters it goes to the end. Just by the wall is where it just goes like this. It creeps in. He said by creeping in. Never ever overt, never ever in ways easily detectable. Number three, by creeping in, slowly creeping in. I don't know the slowly but creeping in. Then he says in ways that are subtle always which means hidden, concealed, in ways that are cunning, in ways that are crafty. Now I come to the point. Then G is errors, imitations to become true. Errors using imitations to become truth. That's how he comes in. He takes the word the way the devil did in the garden of Eden. He takes the exact word God spoke and he perverts a little thing 
and then he presents this as truth. It's an imitation, so you cannot even see. Just, wow, this is it, this, this is true. Even when they preach it, those preachers, when they preach it to even them, they look like real. They have scriptures here that say, they can't pretend it to be angels of light. I have scriptures here. The church must depart from apostasy. This one, no. He says, errors imitating truth. That's how he comes in. By errors imitating truth. Number H, by fakes imitating genuine. Fakes imitating genuine. By counterfeits imitating original. By copy imitating original. All these, all the above, are carefully and skillfully designed or crafted by the devil such that to the extent that errors and truth can now be mistaken for each other. He does it so skillfully that at the end an error and the truth almost look the same. So you mistake them for each other now. Hey, do you understand how he gets into the church? I'm now dealing with mechanistics, the mechanisms. It's called characterization. The mechanism. He says, creeping in slowly, just pervert a little, look like truth, and then present with truth. Some will choose this way, some will choose this way. So now the two are being confused for each other. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17. Hallelujah. And he says, the first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him and cross-examines him. Hallelujah. In the dock. You know how lawyers behave, right? That's what he's describing. And that time the lawyer is trying to move the questions toward his theory. Oh, yes. So how did you feel? You're telling me you felt so much pain when they, he abused you like that, right? He wants to push you in those answers. He says, until another one comes to cross-examine this person. Then all the hell breaks loose. The book of Acts 20 verse 29. You can read that at home. You can add to that. So, apostates, those who have fallen to apostasy, apostates always endeavor to appear right genuine and true outwardly apostates always endeavor so much to appear right genuine and true outwardly but inwardly they are decaying do you understand that so let us look at this inward decay characterized Apostates are characterized by the following. Number one, ungodly. Hallelujah. So he says, outwardly they appear right, genuine. They endeavor so much. They polish themselves. They do everything. You understand? They do that. But inwardly there is a problem. There is decay. So this inward decay is characterized by, number one, they are ungodly. Ungodly. Number two, immoral. Number three, denying Christ. Number four, rebellious. Number five, false visions. Number six, self-satisfaction. 
Number seven, ignorance of God. Ignorant of God, if you want. Another point, worldly minded. Another point, devoid of the spirit, empty of the spirit. Another point, unborn again. Another point, unsaved. Another point, undelivered. Another point, outrightly against Christ. Antichrist. Let us look at how apostasy spreads in the church. Now we have talked of how it enters. But now how it spreads. The snake has entered the house by the wall like this. You didn't see it. But how does it start biting people in the house? So how apostasy grows? The opening statement first of all is this. In order to wage an all-out battle on this disease or cancer called apostasy, the Christians must, in caption, must, must be aware of the schemes of the devil and the processes that the enemy employs to spread this cancer of apostasy that it may grow and disseminate to the maximum. Maximum. How apostasy spreads is where we are. That's the opening statement. Number one, in order to fight it, we must understand the following. We must define and clearly identify the decay of apostasy. That was agreed on in the beginning. Number one, define and clearly identify, which we have done, part of it. Number two, we must clearly define the biblical boundaries that define Christian life. Hallelujah. Define and clearly identify, number one. Number two, define the boundaries that define within which Christian lifestyle should operate. Number three, how apostasy spreads. Look at this now. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. We are now on how apostasy spreads. Second Timothy, we are describing how apostasy spreads after entering, how it spreads in the church. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to verse 4. And he says, we are talking about Second Timothy 4, right? Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. He says this in verse 3, I'm reading now. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers or preachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep on going. <laughs> Can I explain this to you, first of all, why I read it? What is the Lord saying here? The Lord is saying that apostasy can never ever spread in the church on its own. That's number one. Can never ever spread in the church on its own. Number two. Apostasy can only spread in the church when a section of the entire of the church submits itself and accepts 
the teachings of untruth. Untruth. <laughs> you will now know how it spreads. It spreads when the church accepts non-truth, non-truth, untruth. This fake. He says, never ever on his own. Kumbe, it is the church. It is you people that have to say, ah, I now accept and gather myself around me a preacher who preaches what is itching to the ear, which means what is good, sweet to the flesh. The gospel of the flesh. Ah, did you understand me right? Are you seeing how a poster is present in the church? That the church must first accept it. And the devil says, since you accept it, I give it to you. Unbelievable. This implies that apostasy does not come to us by force or by any form of subjugation. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but begins with us, Christians, and the church, and the body of Christ, by first having us accepting the sick teachings. By first us accepting the sick teachings. So, number five, he says, this acceptance of non-truth or untruth or lies, whichever way you want to say, often begins in a hidden way. It always begins in a hidden way. Not obvious. A preacher comes, preach you tricks, preach you something, challenge you a bit, dance you this side, and have women run with checkbooks, writing checks, right? Just simple. Say, no, no, no. The work of God we have to support. Okay. Simple and subtle. Hidden. But when you take those little hidden ones, the next point I'm going to read is this. First focus before I read for you. When you take those little here, which is harmless here, someone lies to you in the church, say, ah, it's okay, just pat the back a bit. That's a member of the church. You know, you can't rebuke, you can't beat the sheep too much. You see, you, when you begin to accept those little, little tolerances here and there, you, you think it's a joke. But the devil is accumulating it in the church. And then there is an evidence of that accumulation. Coming in slowly and secretly in that way, the enemy still ensures that the evidence of the little pieces here and there the evidence of the little pieces of decay here and there will accumulate in the life of the Christian believer. Coming in in such a stealthy and secret and creepy way, the enemy still always ensures that those little evidences, ah, this was nothing I said. Ah, it dressed like this, okay, that's okay. For him is accumulating evidence. At the end, he has an accumulated evidence. He accumulates those little pieces and then starts to take effect on you, on the life of the Christian believer. Having come in such a stealthy way, another point, right? Having come in such a stealthy way, apostasy then begins to become a serious cancer in the life of the church when it starts to navigate the church to navigate the church in an awful, in an ugly departure 
coming in small like that, secretly like that. The enemy then ensures that the problem begins to show up when now the devil uses this apostasy, this accumulated evidence, right? Those little pieces you did not pay attention to. He now accumulates together and begins to use it now. Look at this now. To navigate the church awfully, awfully, terribly, away, away from the twofold missions of the true gospel of Jesus. Teach it even to your children. Do Bible study in your homes also. Did you understand that properly? He says the little things that happen that you ignore here, ignore there, ignore here, in the church, or in your life. He says the enemy is not ignoring them. It is part of a grand scheme to give a small dose and stay away. And give small here and keep away. And then when it's accumulated, the overall effect is to navigate the church away from the twofold missions of the true gospel of Jesus. To take the church, in other words, into another road. Can we look at those two functions of the true gospel of Jesus? Oh yes, this is big. Now revealing the tricks of the devil. That we may cut off the head. Oh yes, and destroy it. And not allow it. He says, in other words, don't ignore those pieces. Those little things here. A woman came in church almost naked. A member of a church that has been in these teachings. And then, hey, Nani, it's okay. Just give her a lesson. Okay, she was given a lesson that day. Okay, let's move on. Ah. Address it squarely. Stamp it out. Another one came and lied to you here and you ignored it. He said, those little things you ignore, the devil is not ignoring them. They are part of a grand master scheme to inject little, 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 little until they accumulate. Then the overall cumulative effect is to renavigate the church, detour the church awfully, uglily, unto another path that now interrupts, antagonizes the twofold purposes of the true gospel. Of Christ Jesus the Lord. Very mighty. Because I'm seeing. The slaughtering of the devil. <laughs> I'm not only seeing. But I'm also overseeing it. <laughs> oh yes. Never ever. Not in this church. Hmm? Hallelujah. Can we look at now those twofold functions of the true gospel of Christ Jesus the Lord? Another point is point number what now? Eight, yes. He said, the twofold purposes of the true and only gospel of Christ Jesus are, then that sign, number one, number A, to evangelize the lost souls through the preaching of the one and only true gospel of the holy cross of Jesus. To evangelize the lost souls through the preaching of the one and only holy gospel of the holy cross of Jesus. Oh yes. I don't come to play with the devil. I come to take people from the teeth of the devil. Because I know what he's capable of doing. Oh yes. Oh yes. He does not come to joke. He comes to make atheists in the church. Can you imagine? People who don't believe in God. 
inside the church. To evangelize the lost souls. Number two, to edify and prepare the holy and most glorious perfect bride of Christ into sainthood for rapture. To edify and do what? Prepare the most holy and glorious perfect bride of Christ into sainthood for rapture. So when they are raptured, they become the saints. They become the heavenly hosts in, dressed in fine linen, bright and clean. It has been unveiled. So now, these two novel purposes are the ones that those little, little things Apostas was injecting, accumulating its evidence of and the effect these two major noble purposes are the ones now that accumulated apostasy will navigate the church away from. Isn't that a terrible thing? Very terrible. So, another point number nine to me. These two missions indeed constitute the great commission that Jesus bestowed upon the church. So he comes to destroy the Great Commission. So you're already beginning to understand that apostasy does not come from the church. It's not for the church. It comes from somebody else. And that person, you know him. And we also found out that he has no power. Another point. Apostasy then interferes with this mission of the church by redirecting the church away from the highway of holiness. This detouring that he does is by redirecting the church away from the highway of holiness of the church. And then you put the Isaiah 35 verses 8 to 9 in brackets. The highway of holiness. That the church is supposed to walk in. Now he moves the church out. And we know too well what Isaiah 38, 35 verse 8 to 9 says. He says, there shall be a way, the highway of holiness. The redeemed of the Lord will walk there. No fools will be there. Then he says, no ferocious beast will be there. Meaning, the beasts that are devouring the church right now will not be there. And that means, when this apostasy detours the church from that protective, protected highway of holiness to another road, then she's exposed. Are we together? Exposed. So the beasts can bite her. And kill her. Devour. Are we together? In other words, this sermon today becomes apostasy exposed. Hallelujah. Or the devil exposed, whichever way. The apostasy exposed. Can I write another point? I'm going to make it worse for you right now. He says, like any other addictions, <laughs> now you understand what apostasy is, right? Like any other addictions of this world, the falling to apostasy often begins slowly. Like any other addictions of this world, the falling away to apostasy often begins slowly, but, capital but, caption, but then rapidly leads to a deplorable state of degeneration but rapidly leads to a deplorable state of tremendous degeneration of awful degeneration of sick degeneration of shocking degeneration everything else down there right 
Hallelujah. Like any other drug addiction, alcohol addiction, eh? it begins very simple and slow. But boy, the next day you realize you're hooked onto it. I don't know, I don't know why I can't sit in that church. I, I just like a church where it's a pastor from Nigeria or somewhere, maybe Ghana or something, or Uganda, can walk in eh? and just announce that five people must be millionaires today here. And probably he's talking about himself. Eh? <laughs> Impossible, right? Some people like that. They say, I like that adrenaline shot. I like that. So when I just run and give him that check, I give him a check of 100,000, say, it's me you are talking about. I do this to him as he's preaching. You see? The women do like this. It's me, it's me, I'm writing. And they leave the sandals at the seats, they're writing the check. So some people are addicted to that. Did you understand me? Just like drug addiction, smoke, alcohol, like any other addictions of this world, apostasy also begins slowly. But the other moment you get to realize rapidly has spread and led to a serious deplorable state of degeneration. Hallelujah. Then he says, Upon addiction, the church then strikes a state of no return. Or the Christian, whichever way. The church then strikes a state of no return. Hey, apostasy exposed. It's called an expose. An expose of apostasy. Oh, yes. But once you know, then you can. In Spanish, they say, Cota cabeza. You can cut off the head now. Cota le cabeza. Le cabeza. You can now cut off his head, the head of the snake. Another point, as the church begins to abandon the preaching of the one and only true gospel of Christ Jesus, as the church begins to abandon the preaching of the one and only true gospel of Christ Jesus, in its fullness, meaning they begin to preach half gospel. When a scripture is rebuking too hard, they keep it away. They cut it away. So he's saying, when the church begins to abandon the preaching of the one and only true gospel of Christ Jesus in its fullness, comma, then the following begins to happen. He says, then the number of unsaved people within the congregation begins to increase. Are uh, you understanding the mechanism of how apostasy spreads in the church? Then the number of unsaved people in the congregation begins to increase. The number of unsaved people in the congregation begins to increase. Hey, what a phenomenon. Now you are preaching, huh? But there is a section that is unsaved. Another point. Because they drive the agenda of Satan in the church, this unsaved minority often becomes very aggressive and rapidly grows into an influential minority inside the congregation. Because they come from the devil, this unsaved minority becomes very aggressive in the church and they quickly become 
an influential minority. Can I give the examples? Like this. Pastor, Pastor, uh, uh, I have suffered. Pastor, I have suffered. Since I came to this church, I have suffered much. He said, hey, my daughter, tell me, how have you suffered? All this was happening to you here? Yes. Pastor, that man you brought to preach last week, eh? Uh, 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 uh. Pastor, never bring that man again. I felt hurt. In fact, that's why you see the next two weekends I did not come back to church. Yes. Uh, uh. And you know, Pastor, I support you. We want to stand with the work of God and we want to be strong in the standing. And so, Pastor, like when you said I should buy a hundred chairs, I was ready. But when that man preached like that and, you know, you just don't destroy. The Bible says Jesus is love. His love. You said, Pastor, and, and, and let me tell you, Pastor, I am not alone. I have had a group of women here. They, no, they talked to me. They, they said, uh-uh. In fact, some of them just wanted us to find another church. Hey! Hey! Trying to influence the gospel being preached. Because they are shelling. They are shelling money. And you know, the pastor is soft-hearted to them because they are shelling. So, you know, they have a soft spot to say, oh, sorry uh sorry oh yeah actually you are not the first i've received quite a few complaints about that preacher so i will see what to do pastor i've told you this is the general there's a word going on the general outcry is that uh, 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 we have suffered too much the, already the nation has gone through so much and the worst thing you want to do is to come and subjugate people they have gone through so much the insecurity the economy and the worst thing you want to do is to come here and then somebody subjugate you, subject you to a serious regime of subjugation eh? and leave your heart very broken. So there is even no joy of church anymore. Be careful. But remember, they are shelling big money. She's talking about the hundred chairs. She was even ready with the money. In fact, it's here. I carried it. You have it there? Do you have it there? Yes, I have it. I have it here. You, you have it here? Can, can, can you come to the office? No, no, no. I, I was very angry with that man. <laughs> Finished. Finished. And the, can, can I see it? It is here first. It is here, 100,000. So, oh, just put it in a stable place where you can see it. All of us. Corruption, corruption, corruption three times. Did you understand? Did you understand how apostasy spreads? Because he's saying it entered slowly. And then it began to remove the church from the basic mission of the true gospel of Jesus. To win souls and prepare a holy, perfect bride. That when the Messiah comes, the church enters. And he says, when now the church has abandoned that and just veered into that, bus, now the minority, the unsaved, they now convert, they mutate into an influential minority. Because this group is coming from the enemy. They tend to be very aggressive. Very aggressive, Sana. Pastor, uh, uh, this elder, uh, 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 I invited him to my daughter's wedding. He, he just started behaving very bad and rebuking things. People, he said, you cannot eat there. He said, the people are immoral there. He was just scattering the wedding because he said that the dressings were not right. She is now complaining to the pastor when the pastor sent an elder to bless the wedding. Be careful. The minority, unborn again, now becomes influential. They influence the gospel. And somehow, for some reason, they are always shelling the big money. 
for some funny reason they are the ones with the money. Did you understand? And yet, there is an old woman, a widow, poor. She comes say, Pastor, this worship team, the worship pastor, that is not right. I came on Saturday and saw the worship practice. Then there were vijana na wasichana walichua na jitenda hapa. Pastor, a widow, a widow without penny. A widow. And then the pastor will look and say, Really? Hmm, okay. Hey. Now the poor women who are fighting for righteousness. Now look at the treatment. Abandoned, ignored, dismissed as crazy. And then he will now meet the other and say, Ah, ah, oh, mama, na sija na complain nini. Yeah, na tunamsaidia sana wewe mjane. Yes, apana, apana. Na complain. Ondajua alikuwa naniambia nini? So now he's doing that game. Did you understand the posters in the church? Now becomes influential minority. You cannot even ignore them anymore. They have rights. In fact, they drive the agenda now of the church. And you know, we, we are so poor, we cannot even afford what? Even 20 bob to put in the basket. Otherwise, we have no fare. We have to walk. So who will listen to us? Do you understand apostasy, how it spreads and the workings of apostasy in the church? This is the spread of apostasy in the church, how it spreads. And then he says influential minority in the congregation. Okay? Another point. If this trend of abandoning the preaching of the true gospel of Jesus continues and goes on unchallenged, comma, over time, comma, then the unsaved minority quickly graduates, mutates, converts, transforms into an influential majority in the church. <laughs> if this pattern, this trend of abandoning the preaching of the one and only holy true gospel of Christ Jesus the Lord goes on unchallenged. Huh? Over time, the unsaved minority quickly transforms, graduates, becomes, builds up, converts into an influential majority in the church. Hey? This is big. Big. Very big. The devil exposed Now, another point 16, right? This influential majority then always becomes very demanding. <laughs> and then always becomes very demanding and asserts its footprint upon literally every church activity. Literally every activity in church. They assert their footprint. You must feel their signature they then become very aggressive and very demanding. And they ensure that every event of church, you find one of their people there. And they're strong and they're driving their agenda. Oh yes. The devil has a scheme. Today he's exposed. My heart is dancing. As I'm standing here, you don't know what's happening in my heart. It's dancing like this all through. 
I'm joyous because the devil is being dismatched. In this church, we are preaching about the other fall. So that means you cannot fall. You stand with the Lord. He will help you. I said, in God's calling, there is no repentance. You cannot say, let me fall, I will repent. No, 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 no. You have to fear God enough. You have to fear the Lord enough to say, I am not falling. If they let the whole world fall, I will remain standing. At least once for all time, let one person stand for the Lord. All the way. Yes, because the Messiah must come. You cannot say, let me fall, I will repent. No, you will not. If it is your flesh, you will curse it. That's why you see we are fasting every two days. Oh yes, every two days there is a fast. You cannot eat more than two days. Well, and if you look at one month, you find that half of it, 15 days you have fasted. If you look at one year, you find that 150 what days you have fasted. And the flesh has been put in its place. In this type of calling, there is no falling. Eh. Did you understand? The requirement is too high. And what I say unto me is what the Lord is saying unto you. You cannot fall too. In this calling, there is no repentance. There is no repentance. So just walk right. Don't walk thinking, let me sin, I'll repent. Where were He even showed me some of the servants in the world on TV that you see. And he, he told me, one, there's one of them, he told me he will never ever forgive him. And he's still on TV. And so that shocked me so much because he, he, the whole night he spent the night showing me the ministry of this person. You know, these big ones globally. The so-called number one. Remember he showed me when I was in Chile, he took me how he's going in the gym with the woman. Yes, and then, and then underground, then they showered, then they went to the sixth floor. I know even the floor. I was in Chile in a, in a healing service, but I left the service. They did not know I left the service. They thought I was there. And so, these people, it's amazing. Then, then they went now to the presidential suite, the Lord showed me. The first room, they removed the jackets, they, they hung out the place where you put coats and everything, and they undressed there. Then the Lord, the, he brings his prophet to the door like this. Then the cloud that came to Kisumu stands like this on the right-hand side. And then he says, tell this man to repent. And then I walked away. And I, I found myself back in the healing service. I found creepers have walked, blind eyes have opened. And I warned this person, right? I warned, I sent a warning to the person. And then he answered me back through Global TV. Global. He said, when a prophet sends you a message, and you feel that in your heart something uncomfortable with that message, I, I just reject it. Because the message of God is meant to comfort the church. But he said it on TV. Oh, I wept. <laughs> but the scandal that came out of there, in God's calling, there is no repentance. Another one, he showed me all of them, all these you see on TV. Another one, he gave me a Bible. Can you give this man a Bible and tell him to preach from the Bible or quit the pulpit? Your so-called motivational speakers. Eh? They will gather unto themselves 
preachers of a gospel that is itching, the gospel of the ears, right? The gospel that is itching to the ears and shaky to the flesh. <laughs> hmm? The Bible said. This is powerful how this happens here. What point was it? He says, this influential majority then quickly becomes very demanding and assertive and it asserts its footprint upon literally every single church activity. Number 17. Because they are shelling cash, they bring liquid cash to the church, right? Because they are shelling cash, the pastor then begins to naturally obey the long-established and globally celebrated principles of democracy by preaching a gospel that is clearly aimed at or designed to number one edify number b a edify b glorify c uplift d exalt e elect the apostate and born again congregation of the church can i explain it because they are coming with such liquid cash the pastor has no choice but to obey and now he begins to preach a gospel that is clearly designed directed and designed to exalt this apostate unsaved section He's walking and you know exalting them eh? he, he, to please them. His his hand never goes down. This left hand, eh? he's exalting them <laughs> to elate them, <laughs> to give them joy. <laughs> Don't make me laugh here. <laughs> this is mighty. He's now preaching for them. The gospel has changed. He's reaching them with the gospel. They are standing up. Some of them say, "Oh, pastor, whatever." They are saying things. They are saying things. If you hear the things they say, it is equal to apostasy. Apostasy is bad. It is lothful. <laughs> it is that bad. Oh yes, now he's preaching to them. They enjoy him, they like him, they celebrate him. When he's standing at the door after preaching, he's shaking their hands. Some are squeezing a hundred bob there, a hundred dollar there, and say, Pastor and Fraishanga, whatever, as they are passing. They are saying things. And those things all are equal to apostasy if you put them together. <laughs> so you, the preachers, be careful then. Be careful then. I am so glad you are the congregation I'm preaching to. That you may never be found in that other corner. Ah! Where were? <laughs> Me, I want when I'm standing at the door after preaching and people are coming, someone slap my face. You hurt me so much. I say, oh, I'm sorry I did it. Eh? Okay, just go. And uh, first, take this side also. Eh? <laughs> the Bible says you have to give it, right? <laughs> give the other side also. Hallelujah. Apostasy exposed. Do you see how it spreads? Now the pastor is preaching unto them. His activities are with them. He does not visit widows. Ah! Excuse me. He knows on which side of town the bread is buttered. Corruption. I laugh at it. A gospel of food. Oh my. It is bad. 
but today exposed. You must know this. So you can slash him, slaughter him. Oh yes, can we move on? Now he's preaching to them, right? Eh? He's elating them, edifying them. Apostasy is now growing and developing also. Not just growth, but now development in the church. Establishing. Eh? Another point. This is what instantly throws out the remnant few holiness-seeking saints of that church. This is what now begins to throw out the few remnant holiness-seeking, holiness-seeking saints of that church. Now, eventually, they're finding that they have no place. How it spreads in the church. The true church is thrown out now. Thrown out. Out, out, out. In fact, no place here. I was thrown from heaven, I throw you out here. <laughs> Number 19. Now, 19, he says, The remnant righteousness dash pursuing sheep the remnant righteousness pursuing sheep find no place in this church. The remnant righteousness dash pursuing sheep find no place in this church because they are in this process subjected to a carefully designed because in this process they are subjected to a carefully designed regime of spiritual starvation because in this process they are subjected to a carefully designed process of spiritual starvation the devil sets out and assure that he starves them hey, this is it you see the whole thing now is meant to starve them because what they feed on is not here carefully designed spiritual starvation to starve them from the word, from the truth, from righteousness, from holiness, from spiritual food, to remove them. Number 20. As the pastor now delves deeper, goes deeper into this new landscape of prosperity preaching, new avenues all of a sudden begin to open for him and then he begins to invite motivational speakers. Motivational speakers. He begins to invite fundraisers and inspirational speakers and preachers that move the crowds. And then he negotiates with them beforehand on how to split the loot and the spoils upon a successful harvest where have you seen how apostasy takes over the church me i'm so happy because today is the day of the slaying of the devil yes. slaying of the giant now all of a sudden as he goes deeper into this new landscape that has appeared in his life they call it the, his economic miracle or whatever it is called right that has struck him, right? Now new avenues, new doors open for him all of a sudden to invite motivational speakers, what? The ones that don't use the Bible now. If they preach, they preach half of it. They, they say the Old Testament is legalistic. 
He says, no, you cannot dress long like that. How We are living in the modern age. Yes, you have, there is liberty where there is salvation. They use every scripture to justify, right? Now he begins to invite them. Which means he is upping the game in the church. Another point. The remnant holiness seeking folk then find no place in the sanctuary. Another point, 21, 22. Sexual sin then begins to go up as the first sign that the pastor has raised his game. Can we move next? The pastor then all of a sudden anoints himself and admits himself to either the office of the prophet or of the apostle. Quotes. He sees that this thing is going too well. I have to anoint myself. <laughs> now he needs a bigger name, right? And when he does that, look at how apostasy takes the next step. Then deception and fake miracles all of a sudden begin to appear in the church. So he has to start doing the works of prophet and apostle. He cannot delay. He will not be late. Right? <laughs> the remnant righteousness-seeking sheep are so properly starved, seriously starved, that at the end, they simply voluntarily opt, decide, to just drop out of church. This remnant holiness pursuing sheep then decide to remain in their homes even on Sundays thereby nursing the wounds and afflictions they have just incurred in the house that the Lord built for them at the Calvary Cross before he left. They then decide to remain at home even on Sundays, licking their wounds, the wounds they have just incurred in the house that the Lord built unto them before he left to heaven. In the house of the Lord they have been injured. Thank you, precious people. I want to end here. So precious people, if you know that you are not right with the Lord and you have heard these words, these heavy words, and you would want to renew your salvation, maybe you are a bishop, a pastor, maybe you've been calling yourself an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, and now you realize that you have been faking that name. Now you realize you are not the beholder of that office. The Lord is still calling people. But we need to repent first. Maybe you are just in your house. And you want now to be ready. For this powerful, most glorious day of rapture. The day of the coming of the Messiah. That the Lord has sent me to announce to the nations. Repeat this prayer. Say, precious Jesus. I surrender my life to you today and repent from all sins. And I ask you, Lord, 
to cover me with the precious blood that you shed for me at Calvary. Dear Jesus, now I receive you as my Lord and Savior and ask you to forgive my sins and establish holiness in my life and keep my name in the book of life in heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. I am born again today. Amen. So, if you have said that prayer, precious people, make sure that from this day on, you are baptized in full, complete immersion. Not somebody touch water and put a cross. I'm talking about complete immersion in water. And go to a Bible-teaching church. Not the churches of prosperity, the churches of false apostles and false prophets. The Lord is now cleaning up the church. He's bringing the truth, the absolute truth, which is the cross and the blood, the power unto the gospel. Begin to observe a holy life. If you were drinking and smoking, if you were in immorality, pornography, immoral dressings that you see happening today, even among the women and the young men, sagging trousers, whatever the case, turn away from that evil. And walk a holy life. And prepare for the Messiah is coming. Shalom.